Hello and welcome to the Happy You're Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help us live more fulfilling and connected lives. In this episode, we have Hannah Strainer, who is a mental well-being coach and podcast host of the Psyche Mental Wellness podcast, which I was actually a guest on way back, I don't know, probably 30 episodes ago on your show. And that was very enjoyable. We talked a lot about addiction and mindfulness and how those two things relate and also how just uh, we relate to mental health and mental well-being um, in the modern world. You know, we're, you're in the UK and I'm in the US and there's a lot of the similar things, you know. Uh, obviously, we have relatively similar cultures. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Very exciting to, to do the kind of, uh, what's the word, switcheroo, if you like, and, and come on your show <laughs> yes. as well. Yeah. yeah, you're the first person that I have done that with. Uh, I've been on a bunch of other shows and a bunch of people have been on my show. You're the first person that we've officially crossed shows. We've done a crossover episode. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, I have done a, a couple now, actually, where I interviewed people and, and vice versa, and then because I have a backlog of interviews, I just timed it so they both yeah. came out in the same week. So, uh, which was, oh, which nice. was quite a lot of fun. Um, but what I'll probably do is I'll feature your episode again when this one comes out, so that people can kind of yeah find you easily that way. So nice. So yeah, if you uh, want to check out her podcast, that'll be in the show notes below, of course. So Hannah, one of the ways that I've been starting out every episode, normally these are very conversational, which they still will be. But one of the ways that I've been starting every episode out is by asking you. Uh, if there is a tool, technique, or idea that has been central for you or that you've learned from maybe the people on your podcast that comes up in a recurring sense uh, for living a more fulfilling and connecting life. Yes. Do I have just one? Is it... <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's start just with one. just one. We can go just into one. other ones, but what's yeah. is there like a, a really central one for you? It doesn't have to be the only one, but... yeah. There, there are a few kind of recurring themes of, of things that come up. And I guess generally uh, self-awareness is, is the big thing that is mentioned quite a lot. Um, and journaling is one of those ways to kind of tap into that, whether that's the kind of free writing morning pages that people do where they just put pen to paper and see what comes out. Uh, I quite like prompts, um, like a question. And um, that's quite fun because it's a question maybe you've never asked yourself and you've never thought about and you're just like, yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what, um, I, what was the one that I had? It was something about my grandparents and their, you know, mm. their background and where it came from. And it's like, well, I've, ne- I've never really thought about that, the impact they had on me in that way. And so that's quite a nice way of learning more about yourself. Um, but it's one that comes up quite often. And so I always ask people at the end, actually, for one to three tips. And there's certain ones that come up time and time again and yeah journaling is one of them that's awesome yeah journaling has been a very central um point to my own you know self-improvement and and, and mental health journey for sure because it's almost like you're getting to confer with yourself like you don't necessarily i obviously totally advocate for seeing a therapist and seeing coaches uh but at the same time sometimes you just need like to to talk to someone right now and and mm-hmm. through journaling you're almost talking to yourself because you're able to like write something out and then say like if I were to answer that if a friend brought that to me like how would I respond to that and it's pretty uh, amazing I think how often those answers can surprise you and you you have a little bit more insight than you might realize that you do yeah absolutely and I I'm trying out a new structure because I found I had a few things that I was thinking about and you know they're bringing up some feelings and I had some thoughts and um and some of them were kind of uh, fears of I didn't do something well enough or um, or um, what was the other one? 
that just regrets basically around something and so i thought yeah. well, I'm, I'm going to have sort of prompts so what was the thing what am i feeling what am i thinking what's the underlying fear here so that was the what i did wasn't good enough or i didn't do this enough or um and then like what's the lesson so what am i going to take away from this and do differently next time so um i did a a voluntary mental health project uh, for Fiji, which was so much fun. And I learned a lot about Fijian culture. And then I created some mental health training and then I submitted it. And then I was a real perfectionist. I was like, oh my God, I haven't done enough. <laughs> Maybe it's not Fijian specific enough. And and so the sort of takeaway was, okay, so I'm going to make sure if I'm doing something like that again, I'm really thinking about the other culture or, or whatever to make sure it's tailored but I also realized it was because at the end I submitted it and there wasn't really feedback. It was just, cool, thanks. And uh, I needed yeah. that loop to close to say, yes, this was good or this is what you could do better. And actually, I never used to like feedback. <laughs> I used to hate it. But now I can see the value of it. And so I wanted to kind of finish that process. And so it, it showed me that feedback is something actually I really value to sort of close off something. So now having sort of thought about it, written it down, taken that learning I've kind of put it to bed now I'm not going to keep kind of dwelling on it and thinking oh I wish I'd I wish I'd done this differently so um that's what my new thing that I'm trying these specific prompts for when I've got that situation going round and round in my head where are you getting those prompts from is that just something that you're like oh I need to I need to work on this or are you pulling those from I somewhere made them up <laughs> great <laughs> I was just because I, I, as I was thinking through it, and I um, I often have the conversation out loud with myself. Uh, sometimes yeah. it makes it into the podcast because I just talk to myself, and that's the sort of format of my intros. Um, but sometimes I will audio record on my phone, and I'll just kind of talk to myself. And yeah, um, I do that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love when I'm taking a walk. I'll like do that, and because it, 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 I feel less self conscious about it because it looks like I'm taking a phone call or something. Uh, yeah, I do it sometimes in the car. So actually. Um, I have started therapy now, and that's part of my my ongoing training that I've got to be in therapy. And so sometimes I'll come out of therapy, and then on my drive home, I'll be talking to myself, and it'll be processing, yeah. you know, maybe something that she said that I agree with or don't agree with, <laughs> or it sparks something else. And so I kind of talk to myself right. and process yeah. and think. And I am very much. Um, this was a conversation we had in therapy <laughs> this week about some people are more thinkers and some are more feelers. This is yeah, my point. Right. My point is I'm a thinker. So, yes, sometimes I try and put the feelings away because they're difficult to deal with. But also yeah. my way of being in the world is I try and understand, learn from stuff. And it kind of ties in, I think, with the mindfulness and all of that. It's that, you know, something's happened, I'm thinking about it. What's the lesson? What can I take from it and move on? Rather than, oh, I'm angry and I'm just going to stay in this anger. It's what right. is that? Yeah. What's that telling me? Um, so this process is to try and partly acknowledge those feelings rather than just brush them away but then to think about what are they telling me and trying to do something useful with that emotion and those thoughts rather than just getting stuck in them so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and you know emotions are super helpful for telling us where there's you know um a block or where we feel mm. like we're being treated unfairly or we're self-conscious about something there's doubt it's always a manifestation of some kind of like blockage in mm. our um, mental state. And those can be really good tools for pointing you to where there's work that needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And, 
And it's something that I, I always say on the podcast about, you know, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and to sort of acknowledge yeah. those feelings. Um, but sometimes I'm quite bad at just like, no, stay away. <laughs> I don't yeah. want you. Um, but yeah, so but I think there's that balance between not getting stuck in them because I think it can be quite easy to get over-identified with that feeling. Like, I am angry at you because you've done this to me. You've wronged me in some way. And yeah, right. We can quite like our ego. Quite likes that. Um, oh that, yeah, that power or that importance <laughs> of how dare yeah. they <laughs> do this thing to me, and then you're stuck there. And actually, the other person. And I, I often use the um, example like in traffic, and someone cuts you up, and you're angry with them, and they are oblivious. They don't care. They've gone on with their day. They're happy, and you're miserable. Like, yep. why? You're just making yourself suffer. They don't even care, and. There might be situations where someone has done something more blatantly to you and maybe they're feeling whatever they're feeling. But, you know, we have that degree of choice over how we feel. And so trying to, oh, absolutely. yeah, trying to acknowledge them, not just dismiss them, but then think about what is it telling me? What can I do with it? And not just staying in it just for the sake of it. Feelings are definitely interesting because I think the more emotionally intelligent I've become, the more I've realized you really do not necessarily have complete control over them, but you do have a say in, I don't think necessarily we have a say in if they arise, we have a say in whether or not it's not, it's a weird tricky thing because it's not just like saying like, Oh, I don't want to feel that. It's just saying like, Oh, Hey, I love the metaphor of like just being like, Oh, thank you. And then just like letting (laughs) it go away because then you're like acknowledging it. You're like, Oh, that made me feel angry. Okay, fine. (laughs) Like, and you don't, I have a tendency to overanalyze it. I think some people, it can be helpful to analyze it and mm. say, like, well, why did I feel that way? And not in, like, what did someone else do wrong? But why did that make me so triggered, right? Mm. Uh, and that can point to a lot of things. For me, uh, my uh, mindfulness teacher, has, my Dharma teacher, has actually been talking to me about, like, you know, not overanalyzing it. Just kind of experiencing it and noticing it and then just saying and then just moving on mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's yeah. a lesson there sometimes but it's like it's a it's a, a it's a, a wise discernment on whether or not to if it's an appropriate time or an appropriate experience to like really dive into it intensely or not yeah I, I guess that's the the danger of just sort of saying about the um getting too stuck in the emotions but like you were saying the over analysis you can get too stuck in that as well yeah it's a balance and, yeah, it's balance. And um, I love the the analogy of the, the thoughts and feelings as the kind of traffic and you're watching them and you're yep. noticing them going, oh, look, it's anger. There's an angry car, whatever that would look like. <laughs> yeah. And rather than trying to stop it. A, or... a rusty pickup truck <laughs> speeding down the highway with a loud muffler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. How do you personify as a car? Like as if it was the film yeah. Cars, which one would be anger? Um, yes but rather than trying to stop them rather than trying to like rush them on in some way it's just noticing oh look there's anger going by and you know do I need to do anything with it or is it just okay I'm angry you know yeah be angry there's a certain yeah well and there's a certain amount of whether or not you associate it's like there's a difference between I am angry or I, I am experiencing anger mm. because if I'm angry, I'm associating with it. Or if I'm an angry person, even worse, I'm, mm. I'm identifying as someone that experiences anger a lot. Where if it's something that it's like, oh, I, I've just experienced anger, then it's just kind of a thing that, you know, oh, I just saw lightning. <laughs> the sky is blue. That's like, a, 
mm. um, you know, just a matter of fact thing that is going to happen in your life. Mm. Um, and anger is an easy one to point out. Some of the more nuanced ones are like sadness or like melancholy, yeah. disconnection. Those things are really anxiety even. Those things all all kind of you can relate to in the same way. Mm. Have you seen the film Inside Out? I have not. No, oh. I've seen a bunch of clips from it. I love you it. You need to watch it. Um, I love it <laughs> just generally, but also uh, I've used it with young people actually for uh, mm. understanding emotions and also personality and memory. It's, it's great for all of those. But um, without giving away spoilers, um, it's about this this girl, Riley, and it's showing the emotions in her head. And so there's yeah. joy, sadness, fear, disgust, and anger. Um, and I, I don't know whether her parents, uh, they're ruled by different emotions, but whether they've got more complex emotions or just the, those kind of basic five. And they're all sort of wrestling for control. And so sometimes Joy is in charge. And so Joy has obviously her outlook on life and her perspective. And then sadness takes over and everything kind of gets blue and slower. And um, and so, it, and so um, yeah, I won't give it away, but it's great because it really shows you <laughs> that when anger is in charge, it's like a lens and everything is seen through that prism of anger. But that's just one lens that you can use. Um, And so when I've used it with young people, it's sort of thinking, well, okay, what lens are we using at the moment? So maybe we're using fear. What would happen if we put a different different lens on? And so you could play around with anger. (laughs) What would anger do in this situation? But probably most of us, if we had a choice, would put joy in the driving seat because I just think that's probably going to be a more positive pleasant experience to have joy running the show than any of the others but yeah yeah i literally had i had um there was a guy on my podcast a couple episodes ago ryan stanley who his whole thing is like you're creating yourself constantly so who are you choosing to create are you choosing to create a stressed person an anxious person or are you choosing to create a person full of joy and gratitude and and presence or whatever it is Uh, and last night i had a moment of like I was trying to connect with my my partner. We were listening to some music, just like hanging out. Uh, and I just like had this stress in the back of my mind from work. And like mm. it just was sticking with me. And I, I couldn't be fully present because I, I my mind kept running back to those like problems mm. and things that I feel like I need to solve, which is all just kind of, you know, the illusion of stress that it creates that like jumbledness in your brain. Mm. And I just thought, what would it be like if I wasn't stressed? And it just like disappeared. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I laughed. And she was like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, oh, I just decided not to be stressed and it just stopped. Yeah. But Which that, it's all, not always that easy. but No, but that's um, that ties into something that I, I've been thinking about recently, which is the, the kind of power of questions when we ask ourselves questions mm-hmm. rather than just give ourselves statements of things that we want to do or I'm not going to be stressed or uh I guess the classic, if thinking particularly about New Year's resolutions and stuff like that, is I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to go to the gym. And and when we when we say those, they're very fixed, they're very rigid. But yeah. when you have a question of like, oh, I wonder what happens if, what if I do this? It's really open to possibility and you're able to adapt and be flexible and you can be curious. And it's a completely different energy, I think. Um, so when you're saying, well, what happens if I just decide not to be? And you kind of feel lighter and like lifted by it. So yeah, I love questions, um, and it's something I something I do with myself is try and ask myself these questions and think, well, what if I just sort of tried? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. And and one of my other ones is um, 
and this was a, a coach that I was uh, before I started my podcast actually was working with and I was like oh I like podcasts but I, I can't start a podcast and really powerful question why not yeah and I was like I don't know <laughs> no reason so then the next one was like when are you going to start a podcast because actually I was sort of telling myself this stuff but when someone actually challenged me and said well why why can't you do that no yeah no reason uh, and here we are. I think, yeah, right. And I think that's why a coach can be really, and the same thing happened to me, actually. I hired a podcast coach to start my podcast. Um, and I paid probably more money than I like had access to it than I should have paid at the time, but it worked out. All, all the, all the coaches I've ever paid for, honestly, um, you know, they're good ones and there are ones that are, I, I there's more good ones, honestly, than mm. there are bad coaches, but in my experience, but yeah, my, the coach, he was basically like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Because I kept being like, well, I'll do it when blank, blank, blank. And like, because I had I worked in radio and marketing and like I had helped other people with their podcasts and I had produced other people and I still produce other people's podcasts. And I was just like, well, whenever I, you know, get to this level or this state or whatever and I, where I get everything figured out, then I'll start my podcast. And he was like, that's absurd. And when, uh, and he just pointed that out. And it's, it's helpful to have someone else yeah. like reflect those things back to you. Yeah, I think we challenge you. Yeah, and I think we do that so often to ourselves that there's this imaginary line that we think of in the sand where everything's perfectly going to align, and then I'll when it's perfect, I'll do it. But that doesn't—it's like the horizon. It just you you never get there. It'll always get further away. Yeah. Yeah, and and also I think if you if you think about kind of where you are in your life now and how things are, and then if you imagine your ideal life probably there are some hopefully there's some things that are the same but there are probably going to be some changes and if it looks different to where you are now something is going to have to change to get you there it's not just going to magically fall in place but we're kind of expecting yeah. it to um and it's one of the things that i really love about psychology and about people is we're this weird contradiction of we don't really like change but we also like change and we like to grow <laughs> so it's this um yeah yeah it's this weird balance of some is good and we can get frustrated if it's if things are too stagnant but at the same time too much and you think about what's happening at the moment that's too much change um you know people might have liked the idea of remote working but the way it sort of happened that's too much we can't handle it so um yeah it's the uncertainty i think that we want change but we want to know it's going to work out yeah And, and well and the thing with uncertainty is life is always uncertain but uh, we yeah. kind of fool ourselves that we got control and it's not. Yep. And suddenly with this, it's like front and center, like, hey, life's uncertain and we can't deny it anymore. We can't kind of yeah. show no, 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 look how well controlled I've got everything because <laughs> this is out of our control. Um, and so it's it's that, you know, the, the way that we tell ourselves the world works isn't actually often the way the world works. And then when something happens, it's that kind of cognitive dissonance of like, ooh, this doesn't fit my worldview. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> we don't like yeah. it. But. Well, yeah. And there's, you know, I don't know, you might know more about this than I do. The, there's like this psychological phenomenon that happens whenever your worldview is challenged that your body basically reacts as if you're physically being challenged, if you're physically in danger, because it has to protect that worldview. Yeah. Well, your worldview is your your lens on the world, your perspective, and everything is interpreted and through that. And it's made up from your experience, maybe your genetics a little bit, your personality. Um, and so everything is interpreted through that. And we're very attached to it because to us. Because it's our sense of self. Yeah, it's our sense of self. And that's 
we know we and you know and, and that's kind of going into philosophy a little bit about whether we can ever know anything <laughs> um but really what we believe to be true we hold it as i know this i know yeah. this is true so whether that's politics and religion ultimately and this is where it can get a bit contentious for some people because they hold those beliefs so tightly like i know this is true and so anything that challenges that and you can kind of see that if you have difference of opinion with anyone about these kind of topics yeah uh, yep, how right. fiercely we defend them um yeah and so when things threaten that we are in sort of survival mode because that's threatening my very core of who i feel i am my personality um yeah how the world is and suddenly oh yeah we, <laughs> we don't like it <laughs> so yeah how can people like what are your thoughts on how people can start to like uh like break that down a little bit because i think maybe some people start to realize that and it's like yeah but i don't even know where to begin to like loosen that grip on my you know worldview yeah or beliefs i mean that's a that's a tricky one and um you know, I guess if you can try and get your head around the idea that everything that we know is a is a belief. It's, you know, if you think about, and this is something that went away, came back again, the world is round, not flat. <laughs> so it went away, <laughs> went away, the world is, you know, it orbits the sun, etc. That and, and we knew that's the way it is. And now there are people that kind of question that and, and know that it's, that it's different. But um, if you can hold this idea that actually, as much as I may believe that I know this thing, it's it's still a belief and actually it's open to uh, changing whether my experiences change or whether my my uh, perspective changes or I change through through whatever happens in my life. And just trying to loosen that grip a little bit. And it's, mm-hmm. it, is, it is your truth. It's true to you. But my truth and your truth there will be some similarities, but it's different. And I think if we can appreciate that we all see the world in a different way and that maybe there is not just one right way to see the world, to see ourselves and start to get your head around that, which sounds simple, isn't. <laughs> but yeah. trying to, to get your head around that a little bit and to maybe question some of your beliefs and maybe don't start with the really core beliefs if you are right. someone who... Uh, your religion is really central to who you are. Maybe don't start there. Start on something. <laughs> <laughs> because if that's something that's core to your identity, and uh, back to Inside Out, right? So in- Inside Out, she has these islands of personality. And they are the things that are really important to her. So she had hockey. She had family. Mm. She had being a goofball. <laughs> she had this real sense of humor. They were the kind of core things about who she was. And if they start to break away, it has this massive impact because it's kind of taking away those foundations of, of who you are. So start with something that you are you kind of know or you believe, but you're less attached to. So maybe, uh, do you have a favorite genre of music? Mm, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy like uh, like psychedelic rock okay. music. And <laughs> is there a type of music that you're like, it's awful? never listen oh, to it. well this is funny because i <laughs> used to be like i like all types of music except for rap and country music and now i love hip-hop rap music and i also like a lot of country music i don't i still don't enjoy like mainstream but mm-hmm. again that's probably a belief that i'm i'm i haven't listened to that much mainstream country yeah. music but let's use that an example yeah so if you're like country music is awful i hate it <laughs> so maybe test that 
So maybe I'm just going to listen to a little sample of country music. I don't know, Spotify's top country songs and just yeah. see. And then that sounds horrifying. Sounds me. horrifying. But maybe just <laughs> listen to like, I don't know, five songs and then kind of go, was it as bad as I thought it was? Was some of right. it maybe okay? And you might just reconfirm your your belief that country music is awful, but it might challenge it and you might actually kind of widen your um, perspective. And so I, I kind of... I wouldn't. I don't know who is psychedelic rock, but kind of more heavy metal kind of rock and um, that kind of thing is my main go-to. But I also really love a K-pop band, <laughs> and <laughs> um, and so one of the things I quite sometimes you know when you go down that rabbit hole of watching YouTube videos and you should be doing other stuff, but you're just zoned out on the sofa a little bit. And there's lots of videos of people reacting to this this band. And, yeah. uh, you know, and some of them, they're like, K-pop. And they've got all these assumptions about what it is. And then they watch them and they're like, whoa, they can really rap and they can really dance. And it's, <laughs> and, it's yeah. and, and so they're quite fun to watch because people are going in with these assumptions of, I don't like K-pop. I don't like whatever this thing is. I don't believe it's very good. And then actually they're surprising themselves. And then they go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> they, then they listen to all of their music and, um, so music is maybe a, an easy way to sort of test some of those assumptions and to actually see that something that you hold really true for you, I only like rock music, I only like this type of music. Actually, yeah. it's not an absolute. There is that kind of wiggle room. Or maybe I like rock and then this one other country band <laughs> who I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I think also you made a nice point there at the beginning is like just – really wrapping your head around the idea that like understanding that you have a different set of beliefs that you hold tightly that other people have a different set that they hold just as tightly and it's not like there's no way that either one of you can be 100% right that that other person mm -hmm. is 100% wrong and you're 100% right that's absurd yeah uh and there's two billion or however many billion people there are now, and everybody has a different set of beliefs that they're operating under. Mm. So obviously, there's there's some amount of room for us to be, um, you know, uh, to to be, should be open to change with those things. And when you mm. start to talk to other people from that perspective of like how like much I believe this one core thing, they believe that core thing just as much, mm. and trying to just remove the 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 self from that a little bit and, mm. and kind of having a little more empathy yeah can be a good first step yeah I mean what I try and do is uh, with everyone is be curious and if you yeah. accept that everyone's worldview is different then ultimately when you're having a conversation with someone you're trying to understand their worldview and kind of where they're coming mm -hmm. from and and seeing those similarities and and differences um but I think it is also natural to really feel threatened because as we were saying it's it's they're different to me and that you know on a psychological level does um it can unsettle us but also if they're challenging my core beliefs and that's who I am we see that as a threat and the brain doesn't yeah. distinguish between a physical and a psychological threat so when we feel threatened it can be a very real feeling a very physical feeling um and kind of acknowledging that and then being able to without overanalyzing it bring in that logical mm. bit of, okay, this is what's happening here. We've got our own worldviews. I'm just feeling threatened because theirs is different to mine. But 
that's fine. We can have different views, you know. We can agree to disagree yeah. um, as much uh, as that can be difficult. Oh, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, the, the media and, like, the, the media we consume and, and the way we tell ourselves or gather our information has made it a lot harder to come to that space, especially with politics and religion. You know, like, certain religions are built on this is right and everything else is wrong. And if you even mm. consider another religion, then that's, you know, the evil trying to manipulate you. Mm. It's a very effective way to write a religion. Uh, mm. And the same thing with politics. It's like this, we're right and we're trying to save everybody. And, and people think that it's like, how could these people be so full of hate? It's never about hate. It's always about love and like trying to protect your tribe. Mm. And it might manifest as hate for someone that's threatening you feel is threatening your tribe mm. and it's this it is that tribalism that it's like it's a little looser now than like maybe your physical like geological or a uh, geographic area but it's like you know in the u.s it's like the democrats and the mm. republicans like i'm a conservative or i'm a liberal and it's like and there's so if you actually talk to people there's so much more nuance mm. to that than but people still when it comes down to it they might say oh i'm not like a traditional republican but I'm definitely not a Democrat and they're all evil and they're, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well. I obviously am not an expert on US politics, but I find it so interesting because <laughs> like the term liberal to me as an outsider seems like it's quite often like a real negative, like derogatory term that's kind of thrown around. They're like so liberal. Um, and actually in the UK, we are kind of maybe center. This is a really approximate. Our center is kind of like your left and our left. Yeah goes way left <laughs> but yeah right. and liberal i think a lot of people in the not everyone but a lot of people would be like well even if i don't support you know the liberal the lib dems or a liberal party i'm quite liberal in my beliefs and so it's it's part of that that world view that certain words have got different meanings to different people mm-hmm. so so some people are like yeah i'm liberal because there's lots of things i believe in that i would say is part of being liberal and to some people liberal is it's like a slur. It's like a, sure. um, yeah. And, and, and actually this is something I found on, on my podcast with, I ask people that come on, um, what brings them joy and what makes their life meaningful. And it's so interesting because sometimes people will say similar for both or different. And some people's joy answer is other people's meaning and vice versa. And it's just, you know, these two simple words, but the interpretations are so different. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we really stop to sort of say, hey, I'm using this word. What do you mean by it? What do I mean by it? Quite often. So much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Quite often we mean different things completely by it. Um, Yeah. And we just got in a pretty heated discussion with someone about free will the other day. (laughs) And we were both defining free will differently. I realized after the discussion was going for a while and I was like, why is this not getting like, why are we not connecting on this? And it was like, oh, because we're coming from a different place of understanding of what the word free will is is referencing yeah and so if you can't even agree on what the word means to reach (laughs) any kind of consensus on our views on it is um you know and so if you think about you know in the u.s some of the values that are really core to you like freedom well if freedom means a different thing to two different people then you could be talking about freedom but actually you're not really talking about the same thing because your interpretation is a bit different. And that's like a really clear example of what I mean when I say about our own worldview. It's how yeah. we interpret everything. And it, yeah, we might think we're on the same page talking about the same thing, but we might not be. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. That happens so much. And it's, it's important to just be mindful of that when we're having conversations. And, and even, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good at doing that, uh, especially politically. Like I'm pretty close to center, I would say. Uh, and I lived in a rural area in Pennsylvania, which was like, you know, pure Donald Trump land. Uh, but I've also lived in Austin, Texas and Pittsburgh, which are like very, very like liberal capitals. And now I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, which is kind of a mix of both. It's a Democrat city mm. in, a, in a red state, which is just funny. To, it's absurd to me to draw those lines, but it really it is a very clear distinction and, mm. and separating point in our country now. Um, yeah. So like, I, it's interesting to see it from both sides and, and realize how often like if I'm talking to someone that identifies as conservative or leans that direction, like the word freedom to your example, like that means a totally different thing to someone that I might say, you know, is a progressive or the, mm. the people have been identifying more as progressive than liberal lately. But it's like, there's so many of those core words that are important. And it's funny because you'll realize like, oh, everyone like cares about the same things. They just have different opinions about how we get there and what's causing the problems. Mm. I guess to, um, to think of it in a, like a business way, if you like, if you think of it as a business and if freedom is the thing we want to achieve, it's those kind of metrics of what success is uh, for us to say, yeah, tick, we've we've achieved this thing, freedom, right? that we've got our own success criteria for for what that looks like. And I I think it would probably be weird if every time we had a conversation, we went, okay, so what do we mean by this? (laughs) Let's define every single word we're about to use. (laughs) Let's define it. But maybe just bearing in mind if you're having that sort of breakdown in communication and you're not getting anywhere, sort of backtracking going, this is what I mean by this word. Is that the same as, as what you're taking it to mean? And establishing that because you might find that that's where you're falling down, that you're starting from completely different places. So Right. Yeah. So what you mentioned when we first started talking that there were some other tips that came up a lot. Yeah. I'd like to close out with, with just kind of quickly discussing, um, because it's cool that you've done – you're over 50 episodes. You're at 60 yeah. episodes now. Who knows by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. Uh, um, so is there anything that like through all of that, uh, other things that have kind of come up a lot as as those those tools or tips? Yeah. Um, and so there's a couple that are um, similar in the reflective uh, space and some that are quite easily um, accessible. So one is gratitude, and that quite often can go along with the journaling. Um and so psychologically, again, we were talking about what we bring our attention to. And if we are bringing our attention to things that we're grateful for and trying to search for the positive, then we find more of it. And so it's this sort of trying to rewire mm-hmm. the brain um, for the positives. And it's that kind of example. And again, this is an example you probably heard loads of you're getting a new car and then that car is everywhere because your brain's like, oh, let's find it. Yep. And we we hone in on, on those examples. And so if you are looking for the positives, you will start to find more of them. And to start with, it might be you're just like, oh, I don't know. And quite often, my, <laughs> depending when I do it, if I do it first thing in the morning, it's like my bed. I'm grateful for my yeah. bed because I'm tired. People say that a lot. Yeah. yeah, I've just got up. I'm grateful. And then quite often my dog, because he's next to me. and Coffee. He's cute, like coffee, yeah. But actually, being able to find those small things is really powerful because maybe not so much now, but before this, a lot of us, maybe we've been in work that we found unfulfilling sometimes and we're sort of living for the weekend or for the big holiday and Mm -hmm. those big bits of joy. But actually, the rest of the time, if you're miserable and stressed, it's it's not really um, a balanced, fulfilled life. So actually, looking for those small moments of 
actually, if I have a cup of coffee and I smell that coffee smell, that's going to give me that boost. That's much more accessible and, and it's a great way to sort of start shifting your mood. That can seem so, I think for a lot of people that haven't practiced it for very long or just introduced to that idea, which I don't know how you can like even be on the internet at this point and not have been introduced <laughs> to that idea, but which is great. I love that. That's awesome. Um, it seems silly. I remember when I first heard that, you know, I was very depressed and had all these negative thought loops and, and people, um, a coach and a therapist were just like, <laughs> you know, you need to practice gratitude. Like you need to wake up in the morning and journal three things or five things that you're grateful for. And it was like, that feels so stupid. Like, yeah. it was like, yeah, of course I'm grateful for my bed and my coffee and, and my shower. Um, but like also everything else sucks. <laughs> mm. But when you actually start doing it, then you're like, oh, that does feel better to like call attention to the things that because you're holding so much space in your mind for one thing. If you're holding mm -hmm. so much space in your mind for suffering and going over the same points of stress over and over again, then that is what you are are giving all of your energy towards. And if you just take a little bit of that energy and give it to something that you're grateful for, mm -hmm. all of a sudden that start you you recognize how that feels in the body it feels good and you're like i want to do more of that and then yeah. you get kind of obsessed with it at a certain point but yeah and i find it can be useful for things that are stressing you out once you get a little you know have practiced the gratitude thing a little bit if there's something like let's say you have a job that is not you feel like you're trapped in a job well what are things about that job that you're grateful for Mm -hmm. you're grateful for the paycheck maybe you're grateful for the people that you get to relate to you're grateful for the water fountain I don't know there's like probably mm -hmm. a few things that you could pick out and it all of a sudden makes that not so miserable it might still not mm -hmm. be something you want to do for the rest of your life but it makes it bearable mm -hmm. yeah because if we're finding something difficult we automatically as you said focus on the negative aspects and yes by flipping it and starting to focus on the positives and to start with it can feel really forced and weird yeah. like, why am I doing this is no point but it yeah it takes time and my other couple are the same as that that you will have heard them all the time and there's a reason why you hear the same things over and over again because they work um and so one is being out <laughs> in nature um that one comes up a lot and then the other one and this is one that I found for myself so I um have been depressed for a long time and I was I'd realized actually I thought it was okay and then depressed actually for like 10 years I was just depressed just at varying levels and I'm not okay mm -hmm. with the next 10 years being like that so I did you know what everyone does google how not to be depressed and <laughs> yeah. the same things come up over and over and over and over again and the one that comes up so often is exercise and I was like Ugh. oh god it's <laughs> so boring everyone says it but I thought fine I'll try it fine I will try it see what happens guess what exercise <laughs> helps and I mean, a caveat with that that with you have to find the exercise that works for you and so yeah. running not it for me like I, <laughs> that's not yeah. gonna help me no matter how much it can be great for some people um I really like being in the gym I like kind of crossfit lifting weights um I also love wild swimming so being out in the river and it's now we're in September it has shifted like the temperature straight away is like it's cold now right I mean, it was yep. cold before. <laughs> yeah, it went from 100 degrees uh, last week, or this, like, this week it went from 100 degrees, two days later it was 40 degrees. Yeah, it's, I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know if it was that warm here, ever. That is, that's but. the most extreme temperature change that I've ever, I think, experienced in my life. Yeah, but it's, um, I don't know what, what it would have been in Fahrenheit, but probably about 
Oh yeah, fourteen fourteen <laughs> degrees uh, Celsius in the river, and then suddenly the air temperatures dropped. But we had some longer warm days, and everyone has these theories mm-hmm. about what is it that changes the water temperature. But anyway, I could talk about rivers while <laughs> swimming all day. <laughs> um, but ultimately, yeah, it's finding that thing that works for you that you enjoy, and and actually for me. You know, the river is being out in nature, so it's kind of a double whammy. Um, But also being in the gym is a double whammy for mindfulness because if you are lifting a heavy weight above your head, you can't be thinking about everything up here because you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to drop it. You're going to fall over or whatever. And so actually when I'm in the gym, I'm really present because I'm really thinking about what I'm doing. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's something I talk about all the time now. Um, and I'm probably really boring with it and like a broken record. But the same with gratitude, the same with journaling. The reason that they come up over and over again is because they're effective. But you have to give them time and you have to figure out the way that works for you for all of all of those methods. Yeah, all of them feel awkward at first because it's not something you're used to doing. But they all, if there's so many people out there saying that they work and if, if you have, like if you've tried it once and like tried it one day and been like, oh, that doesn't work for me, then you haven't really tried it. You have to try yeah. it for like a couple weeks to really see whether or not it works for you. And, and trust me, trust every single person <laughs> out there that has, you know, changed their life for the better. Like they work. Mm. Um, for me, like the exercise thing is I really like like sports, like mm-hmm. soccer or tennis. And um, it's, it's important for me to find ways to do that because otherwise, like, I'm just so not motivated by the gym. I get bored mm. um, and I can't push myself because it's just not how I like. I need some little bit of competitiveness to mm. like really push myself. And I love that. And I just feel so energized yeah. once I've done that, uh, even for like a half hour, an hour a day but, or even every other day. Like it yeah. generally raises like the mood. But I think it's also, you know, sometimes and I think sometimes we think, well, if it was going to work, then I would love it all the time and it'd be really easy all the time. And that's. Oh, yeah. No, not true. <laughs> That no matter how much you love something, there are days when it's going to feel like effort. <laughs> and for yeah. me, uh, getting back into the gym because of lockdown, it's kind of lapsed. And I'm now uh, just coming to the end of the fifth week kind of back. And so I'm going five days a week. And I have a program that is a five-day program. So every day is a different thing. So mm-hmm. um, there's the variety. And I've got a tracker on my phone. So I'm challenging myself. So I'm... I, Partly, but then I was getting too carried away with like heavy weights and I was finding that I was using other muscles that I shouldn't to try and compensate. And so I sort of scaled it back to, I really need to feel that muscle working, whichever muscle it is, I really need to think about it. And if that means lighter weights, but I'm getting to the end of my set and my arm is shaking, (laughs) I'm going to drop the weight. Then I know it doesn't matter what the number on the the weight is. I've worked, (laughs) I've worked that muscle. Right. Um, Yeah. So that's little things that have helped me and the fact that I have to book into the gym now. Once you've booked into it, it's that if I don't go, I'll get charged for it. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. sometimes, yeah, we think that it will just come easily, but sometimes you need to put these little things in place for yourself that kind of force you into doing it. But then you know when you get there, you'll get into it, you'll enjoy it. I have an awesome playlist that I listen to as well and <laughs> that helps. Um, but yeah, it's you still need to motivate yourself. It doesn't suddenly become... Yeah, <laughs> super easy. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so is there any? Obviously, uh, if you haven't, uh, check out Hannah's podcast, the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Wellness Wellbeing Podcast. Honest, well-being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it listed as well-being? Well-being. Yeah. Is it just listed as a Psyche Podcast? Yeah. Um. I I changed it because it was just the Psyche Podcast, 
Um, and then I was like, maybe that doesn't tell people enough what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I think it's uh, psyche, mental well-being. Um, gotcha. But if you put in psyche, mental well something, it's pretty much. Yes, and I will I will yeah. link it in the show notes below because I, even now, even though I've listened to your show for quite a while <laughs> and obviously was on it and I've spelled it probably 40 times, I still misspell <laughs> it every time I try to spell it. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those words that doesn't make sense to me. And well, maybe the British spelling is different. No, than there's spelling. a story. That... There's a story. No? So, because okay. uh, it's spelled with a K. Um, and actually. Oh, it's... and it's not so, It's not normally spelled with a K. No, it's that... normally spelled with a C, the, the psyche. Yeah. Um, and That's what throws me off. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, so I taught psychology and I was putting together a lesson, actually, an introduction to psychology. And I was like, oh, where does the word come from? And so it actually comes from psyche with a K. Um which is a Greek word, and it was the Greek goddess of the soul and the breath and, and the mm. spirit, and her symbol is a butterfly, which is about transformation. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's just perfect. Yeah, okay, that's uh, cool. So it's very symbolic, so that's why it's the K, and it's a bit different because there's lots of kind of psyche and psychological ones that have got the traditional spelling. So, um, And I just like to be awkward and spell things differently. It's, <laughs> it's like when you're younger. Well, I don't know if you did this. You just throw random letters in your name and be like, hey, a Z on the end, although you've got a Z in your last name anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. So, is there anywhere else people can, uh, any social media that you use particularly? Yeah. So, um, I'm everywhere, but pretty much uh, most of the time, Facebook and Instagram. And it's just Psyche Coaching. Mm-hmm. So, P S Y K H E Coaching, uh, all one word. And so that has the podcast and, and then other stuff uh, that we're doing. Um, so, for example, can I, can I, even though it's not going to be out today, obviously, because we're recording it today, uh, but I'm doing a live panel discussion today, which is uh, a bit scary, but different. So I've got five <laughs> five guests and we're going to stream live to Facebook because um, it's World Suicide Prevention Day. So we're going to have a discussion about mm-hmm. suicide. And then that, hopefully, all things being well, is going to become next week's podcast episode. So it's kind of high risk. <laughs> And different. Well, that's exciting. It's good yeah. to push yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I tend to not not think about it too much. I just get an idea and just go for it. Yep, and then you're you're too far in it before you can kind of go, oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> just kind well, of yeah, it. you figure it out. That's I've I've done that basically yeah. with everything I've ever tried to do in my life. I'm just like I'm. If I sit there and think about it, I won't do it. Yeah. But the things that I've been successful at, I just do it. And then, you know, sometimes it does kind of fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot of times you just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, so there's stuff like that on my um, on my Facebook as well because yeah, if I just get ideas, mm-hmm. they just happen and <laughs> they end up there. So um, yeah, they're the the best places cool. to find me. So well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything like finally you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I mean, without kind of going off for another ten minutes, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, that I would just say that to kind of cut yourself a little bit of slack. You know, I think we are so hard on ourselves. We talk to ourselves in a way that we would never talk to a friend, not and still mm-hmm. be friends. Um, you know, we, we tell ourselves what we should, shouldn't do, what we should be and not be. Um, and we're, we're not very kind to ourselves. And so one of my messages that I, I always try and put out is just to be a, have a little bit of grace towards yourself, just a little bit of kindness towards yourself and just cut yourself a little bit of slack. So... Yeah, that's my my final message. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, Check out her podcast and talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me.